Hey, how's it going? Thank you for listening to Clemente's Corner. This is my podcast that I created where I interview people I find interesting, you know, cool people, people that uh, are pursuing their dreams, working hard, you know, all that good stuff, people that are artistic uh, locally, people that are killing it here in the 806, and this is no exception today. I had on Ronnie Lloyd Nanos. He is the owner of R&R Bar here. Uh, he is also a burlesque performer, a professional ballet dancer, a director, and an actor. He's a man that wears many hats, and he is uh, a very cool, interesting guy. And it was a good podcast. We start out uh, kind of randomly. We're talking about um, him auditioning for some Zoom stuff. Um, acting, things like that. So we'll just get right into it. One last thing I do want to plug. I do have a show coming up Wednesday, March 10th at Tease Bar. Uh, I'll be opening for Terrence Hartnett. Hart, Hartnett? Hart, Hartnett. Um, it's a free show. So come out. Okay. Uh, he lives in a van. So he's going to he's gonna do some comedy. Uh, I'm going to host. It's going to be a good time. And it's free. So why wouldn't you be there? Why not? Why don't you support us why don't you love me world just kidding uh i hope you enjoy the show this is ronnie lloyd nanos from a lot of film actors audition via um video submissions anyway and it's always been that way oh, okay. where they can't go live for people but so zoom does actually teach you to to be able to see yourself and how you're coming off i think it makes those video submissions better auditions Oh, I didn't consider that. That makes sense. Yeah, it's just because you kind of get to practice a bit, little bit of your craft and find your point of focus and whatnot. And then if you're recording your Zoom meetings, and a lot of people do, you can go back and I can watch myself and go, eee, if I were auditioning for me, I wouldn't hire that person. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, you just, it's like, you know, self-coaching. You can, for that aspect, there's advantages to it. I mean... I prefer, of course, anytime live auditioning whenever you can. But yeah, for sure. Right now, it's that's where we're at. <laughs> awesome. That, I mean, that's cool. You still get to do it. I wasn't sure, uh, you know, because I listened to all your previous things you sent me. And those yeah. were, I guess, those were and, all in 2020 and a little bit before, right? Right, they were. And from that Zoom, that Zoom audition this week, I did get it, so it did oh, work out. Congrats. That's yeah. cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a serial killer. Oh, I can see it. It's really kind of cool, and I was like, I was like, ooh, very hills, but he's like part of this very hill have, hills have eyes cult. I'm like, oh, oh interesting. So he's got some radiation <laughs> poisoning. <laughs> yeah, so, right. So we'll see. I was, yeah, it was kind of cool. I was like, I'm the director writer. She's like, she knows me through production stuff. She goes, and I don't really. She, I'm a very reluctant actor or performer. I don't. I'd rather. I'd rather do. I'd rather be on this side. I've always. I like that. I like it better. I just happen to perform still sometimes. That's awesome. But, but she even asked about. You know, uh, she, she knew I was reluctant. She goes, "Would you be interested in it?" Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, I'd be interested in this role. <laughs> so there you go. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I'm on oh, all like I'm all yammering or whatever. You know. Oh no, it's great. But, um, the effect of the edible. See, I, I'll be candid. I'm, we're on a podcast. I'm very candid. The effects of an edible, you know, <laughs> I finally, like, you know, being in Vegas, I was like, I'm going to bring an edible. I have to nice. And it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> is it full legal in Nevada? Nevada? Yes, it is fully legal there. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Very hey, cool. I, I love being able to go back in and it's the typical dispensary. They go in and like you put your ID and they they already know you. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like you know going to a bar and with your bartenders and you have your bud tenders and my favorite. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I hate having well, to buy to buy dr- my drugs legally. You know, like right. Got to go <laughs> hang out in front of someone's house and wait for them to come outside. And right. Be really quiet about it. You know, just just want right. to go to a dispensary down the street that'd be great well, especially especially things like, like, like marijuana i mean just like, you know the decriminalization of drugs anyway just like there's so much worse shit out there to be about, you know about than yeah. you know than the little escapism exactly i feel like all these cbd stores are just waiting for that law to pass and they're like all right i think so too <laughs> saying, and i love seeing them because you because you know that's what they're waiting for you yeah you, i i know business owners and people that are out of town business that do some here that have bought properties that are waiting to turn specific properties into wheat stores already here in town. I know that's really people have bought head, yeah. That's exciting. So I, I know where there's gonna be one on sixth as soon as it's legal. Uh-huh. I know that. Yeah, that place is gonna be and packed. That's, and that's the neighborhood, so I like that. Yeah, <laughs> very just nice. Walk to it. So yeah, I didn't start out with an intro, but it's okay, I can go in and record one. Um, but, uh, I want to talk about a number of things you do, um, uh, acting, directing, you're a business owner, uh, professional, burlesque performer, are you, is it considered professional? Is that the term? Yeah, I would Sure, so. that works. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess every, most burlesque performers can be considered professional if they're getting paid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gonna get, if, no. if that's, if that's the... The um, definition, sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah, That's so, exciting, so. Because you know how that is out here, even like for our burlesque performers, you, as a comic, just to get paid gigs is nice. It's like, you know, sometimes some are more lucrative than others, but just that there's the availability in a place like Amarillo. Yeah, And some paid gigs for, for performers or artists or anything, so. I mean, anytime I make money here, it's always like, very exciting. So, yeah, and I appreciate, I actually, appreciate you hosting so at, much. <laughs> I was actually looking at some of your back. You really, you didn't really get into stand-up comedy until really the last few years. It wasn't. Yeah. It's not that hasn't been that long. I started uh, April twenty seventh, April twenty sixth of twenty seventeen. Yeah. Wow. So that's going to be four years next month. Yes. Even though uh, I took a, a brief hiatus, as everyone did right. in twenty twenty. So. <laughs> You're really good. Thank you very much. You're, you're, you're really, really good. I, I, I honestly, I'm, you know, I'm, I wouldn't blow smoke up your ass. I'm not that. I think you're really good. I've seen a lot of stand-up comedy. I, enough for me to look you up and see, see how long you've done it. And I'm like, I can't believe Matt's only done it that way. You're really good. You have you're very natural. You can do it. You can do it outside of here. I know you can. Appreciate very it. easily. Yeah, that's that's the plan. You know, not that I don't. I love know you can. Though. But, and I, <laughs> when I was directing Evil Dead, the musical on the strip, mm-hmm. all of our main performers and leads in that one, all of them were stand-up comics. Really? So I got to learn, yeah, as most of our actors in that show came from the stand-up comedy world. There's one name, um, his name is Chris Weedman, he goes from, oh gosh, Swinging Jack or something like that. And I, we had a few, most of them were stand-up comics. My only some problem sometimes with them when we would... <laughs> When I would have to give notes, I guess direct that for a month. But always my notes were like, guys, you can't improv the entire show. There is an actual script. <laughs> <laughs> Stand-up comics are the best improvisers, and 
Yeah, you'd be surprised for, again, that, for most actors, improv is the hardest thing. So I have a lot of respect for, for comics because it's hard. It's very hard. Oh yeah, definitely. It is. Uh, it takes it takes a while to get to where, you know, you feel comfortable in front of an audience. So you uh, telling me I'm good is, it means a lot. So I appreciate that. Right. Um, <laughs> and and timing. You have really good timing. Thank you. Yeah, you get it. I'm like I'm like yeah, really. I see it from a director's point of view. I'm like you you he could he would be a good actor too. Nice, very nice. That's that stuff. I pay attention to. Yeah, I appreciate that. So. Um, I listened to several of your interviews, um, got some information. You're from El Paso. Um, I am. What brought you to Amarillo originally? I originally came to Amarillo, Texas in 1992, and I got my first professional theater gig. I came here to do Texas. Wow, okay, awesome. So Back in 1992. They were recruiting out all over Texas? Well, Texas, the show, the musical, again, I'm going to do some promo. Did Actually, that outdoor show here in Paladero Canyon, it actually is the, it's a professional show. It has been. They actually tour the country and do auditions all across the country. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I auditioned for Texas. I was in San Antonio for a convention. I've got to remember this. I was 19 years old in 1992 when I auditioned for Texas. And, um, yeah, they audition all over the country. So they bring in talent. From all across the United States, actually, they they've done that at least in the, the almost thirty years that I've been involved with them. In any way, so that's what brought me out here originally. I came out here. I was hired. That was my first professional gig, and as a performer, was to do Texas. That's awesome. So you were nineteen. Had you been like doing like acting and musicals like in high school and everything? Like community high school kind of stuff. I mean. I always knew what I wanted to do. I knew it was, I always did. I'm like, so, even I was going, when I auditioned for Texas, I was actually auditioning for scholarships for, for theater schools and universities at that time, just trying to, you know, move elsewhere to go to school, you know. I really thought at that time before I auditioned for that show that, you know, my ambitions were, I'm going to become this theater guy and teach it in high school and and there's nothing wrong with that. It was a great thing, but that's not the path it took me on. I, I can't imagine being a high school teacher now. <laughs> yeah, no. I that. I've had to substitute teach for high school and for middle school. It I, Never again. Oh, my God. I don't have the patience for it. Yeah, I don't think I would either. It's, uh, that's a lot. it's a lot to deal with. Well, and, and I like to cuss, and I used to like to smoke. But I <laughs> so like, you can't say that shit. But yeah, that was that was the worst part of it. And middle school kids, though, they're the toughest. They are tough. I had to when I was first going back and forth between here and in Las Vegas before my salary started to match. Okay, that I could do it. I I took on extra work as a substitute teacher for their school district while I was there, and it was rough. <laughs> it paid really well, but I have a lot of respect for teachers that do it all the time. It, yeah, I mean they're paying seventy five dollars an hour. Oh wow! As a substitute teacher, I was like, cool. great. I, I I still would never do it again. Like, <laughs> ever. Yeah, those kids. No. Kids are crazy, man. No, but yeah, brains, so, no empathy. <laughs> that's what brought. Yeah, then you can't say shit back because <laughs> they're kids. Because they're kids. One, <laughs> but oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Donald Glover but, has, um, a, has an old bit about how uh, all kids are tiny Hitlers. 
because they haven't developed <laughs> they yeah, haven't developed like, the kindness yet. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was asked to go back. I was like, "Are you serious? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that." I'm like, you know, no, nah, I don't want to do that. But um, yeah, so Texas is that's what, that's what brought me out here in 1992. I did Texas for two seasons, so I was out here a year and a half, and then I moved to New York. But they, the training here was really that great, actually. It actually existed here. There was actually really good training that got me to that level here. A lot of people come from that show. That's and awesome. Work and work. It's a very little-known fact here in Amarillo, getting to a lot of artist, artistic community. That, again, it's like boot camp feather, though. They work you hard. <laughs> so. I can see that. They, you got to, like... Do all kinds of crazy stuff on that show. I've been seen it a few right. times. Yeah, uh, you have you seen it? Yes, I went um, in high school a couple times. Right. Yeah, and there was right. the time. One of the times I went, there's a burn band, so they had to do like a water show. So the fireworks weren't. It was, the ending wasn't as cool, but I remember that. Yeah, yeah it's always it's always odd with that show. It's like there's this whole water show on a on a show that's a story about a drought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that that makes sense. I, I when they when they first added that water show a few years ago, again, I'm that alumni. <laughs> I go and, I, and I'm very opinionated. They, they still like me, but um, um, but uh, I think it's like where is there like some Bellagio water show at the end of Texas? <laughs> and, I mean, I think they want some stuff, I guess, and you know, because it, it gets it, it gets to be a drought and whatever. I I get it. I mean, there have been some. Fire accidents out there through the years. I you believe know, it, man. There have, been, there have been several, actually. It gets hot out there. You probably lose a lot of water but, weight out there. <laughs> well, that, and then, you know, they've had, you know, some of the explosives have, you know, there have been, you know, some bad things that happened during mm -hmm. that time. But again, it's just safety issues. It's after, you know, a show that's existed now is going to be 55 years. You know, yeah. It, it it was it's been a learning experience. I, I have great admiration, and I always love that show. I always have that, just because again, that's my, my my beginnings, and it's cool to go watch it because it's like they're good beginnings for your first job because it, it's hard. I mean, it's cheesy, yes, it is very cheesy, but yeah, it's a difficult show. It's utmost respect for that show. I became a dancer because of that show. I wasn't even a dancer, and because of my training there and. The ballet company here. I was a ballet dancer after two years' time. Wow! Yeah, that's... dancing in, but that happens a lot here. Again, back then they used to have a the person that used to be in charge. His name was Neil Hess, and um, he was very well known across the United States. It's people came here to train with him, and he he ran that show. He was the director, and he was the founder of the Lone Star Ballet, and all this. Yeah, I mean that they were the ballet world. I never thought I was gonna be a ballet dancer. Never set out to be that. I was like a performer, and, and um, but because of that, I went into dance, and then everything else came with it. You know, I had theater training. I still trained and everything else. But it was great to have that career early because it, it disciplined me. Because I needed discipline. I was a little, <laughs> I was a little shit. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I was the guy who tried to get away with everything, and you know, so. I guess that makes me a good bar owner too, because I would know what people are trying to get away with. I'm like, really, dude? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've done that shit. I, I, I did it better, you know. Mm. You know. I was the bad kid ballet dancer here. I mean, I, I worked hard. I was good, but oh no, I was, 
the one who likes to party or would miss class. I, I did all of that. <laughs> and then, then I, I, I'll admit it. <laughs> so uh, just performing for the play is what got you mm-hmm. into is got you into dancing. Well, the dancers in that show, you're kind of it's kind of crazy. You have your singers, and then you have your actors that are hired, then you have your your dancers and. The dancers were like fucking rock stars in that show. I mean, they they really were. Again, you see them probably the least in the entire show, only for those dance numbers. But the way, they also had to work longer hours. But you had to. It was mandatory. You had to go to ballet class every day before the show. You had to take this long hour and a half advanced class really? before wow. going out, and then you'd have to rehearse on the stage in the heat and do a show. I mean, you we we were stormtroopers. We were very like I said, like Star Wars stormtroopers that. <laughs> I mean, the training was intense, mm-hmm. intense, but the dancers were rock stars because of that. Everybody really, you know, wanted to be one of them because it, not everybody could do it. And it, when I got to finally, you know, I mean, I didn't start there. I had started as a little dude and I learned, but then, then you compete in that world. I'm like, am I, what row am I in? You know, shit like that. Again, it, it teaches you a little humility Again, it's 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 ridiculous discipline. I'm, yeah, yeah. you know, it, but and, but that's why it's such a limited career too. Again, I thought I was done at 35. I'm like, yay, be bar owner and have little shows and stuff here and cool. And I, and I was I'm fine. I was fine with that. Just there's after a little bit of time, it didn't turn out that way. It just it was time to do a little more. That's it. Nice. So um, you go all the way to New York. Uh, how old are you? And you moved to New York. Um, right before my 21st birthday, because I remember my 21st birthday when I was in New York. Yeah, right before I turned 21. Yeah. That's exciting. And then, uh, you just went straight into, uh... I danced, I got on scholarship and dance school, and then I just started auditioning and got a few gigs, you know, a few little national tours and stuff in the city, and my primarily I was a dancer, and then I got into another company there, Mm. and, you know... That that's what I was, I was a dancer in New York. Yeah, nice. And that's that's kind of where burlesque burlesque started in New York. No, I didn't get into burlesque till about five years ago. Four five years ago now. Oh I really? Never, I never planned it. That was never a thing for me to do. I'm like, I got into burlesque because the, our community here started, you know, developing burlesque performers and whatnot. I was like, oh, that's cool, and I'd go see their shows and host them. I'm like, yeah. I, when I opened the back room, I wanted burlesque as part of the opening show we did there because I was still theater guy with you know I had a singing like real strong singers and then skits and burlesque in between, and then you know, but um, it was random. I was here hosting and stuff for the girls and people. Most of our burlesque performers here they've done it a while. They started about eight nine years ago. I mean, but um, the the troops at that time. You know, the, the many troops, mm-hmm. you know, the local troops that sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're not. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I hosted them all. <laughs> like, and then sometimes they like me or don't because I'm friends with so-and-so. I mean, and, I, and, and, and that's nothing against our own community, our own girls. I see that everywhere, actually. Every local group of burlesque is like that. Yeah, drama. <laughs> so, I'm like, so it actually gives me that confidence in our girls and the people here. Like, y'all are fine. It, it, it works out. But, um, no, I got into burlesque five years ago. One of the girls, Knox Paul, she doesn't live here anymore. She's been doing shows, and I think she goes, have you ever 
consider doing it. The first set of burlesqueers that did the opening show at the bar, my guarantee to them was that like, I don't know anything. I'll learn about this. But if they did a good job for me, I told them that I would pay for them to go to the Las Vegas Burlesque Festival and get their room. And when they just had to get like a flight there. So I paid for their festival things and whatnot. So the five performers that were in that show that were burlesque performers, I took to a festival in Vegas because I was already working in Vegas at the time. That's awesome. So that's kind of my slow move into it. I, I performed in one of their shows and at that festival, I took class at the festival and yeah, it just came from there. Just it was never the, the intention or plan. I'm not, in my eyes at the time, I didn't know a lot about it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see you know my old ass out there again. <laughs> I'm old. Fuck that. I'm like, but that it just worked out that way. Then you learn more about the community when I. It's you know, it's not my primary you know focus right now in entertainment or performing and whatnot. I love it. And it, it was never supposed to be long-term for me, honestly. But I do love the community. And, and you know, I've been very lucky. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, and I, I know soon, eventually, that's going to be less, less. I love it, but, again, I'm that performer. And I'm like, yeah, mm. I, <laughs> I don't need to perform a whole lot. And I, and I got to perform a lot, a whole lot in the past few years. I'm just... I, I want to focus more towards on film. I think next is that I really, when I mean, your hands are in too many pots at the time, I want to make sure I, one of them I really develop super strong that it gives me more longevity. Yeah, definitely. More. And, that's, so, and I think film's where I'm going to next. That's uh, and cause something I can, else. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just, <laughs> again, I'm that dude. I don't want to get all... I want to be the person that's there in my clothes with my glasses, drinking my coffee, not smoking a cigarette anymore, but damn it. I mean, I would usually be smoking a cigarette back in the day during when I was directing that. And then doing the post work and stuff like this, again, it's this is more exactly what I like. It's just, it, all that is great and I love it. But production and, like I said, especially in film, it's been neat. I got that audition this week, but I also did two Zoom reads of this next script I'm going to direct. And then I, I kind of consult with the writer. Kind of give them some things that I think will be better. I just like developing projects. I like to be in the artistic development of stuff and creating that. That's where I personally am happiest. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, you do have your uh, hands in a lot of things, which is yeah. I mean, I mean, I I just knew you as like a bar owner and a guy who did burlesque, and then I kind of looked into it, and you direct and act, and you've done like a ton of things, and right. You know, been successful at all of them so i mean it's, i mean just but i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- uh, this was this last couple of weeks or really this last month even starting with your all show at the, at the bars like starting to do things and get things back because i'm excited for it and happy about it. i am very that it's been this last week i was in las vegas last week to do some location scouting and it just i had to start using my phone calendar again for the first time in a year and I, oh, I, I felt very out of shape. Oh, crap. What else do I have to do today? Even the, Yeah, so I'm excited to get to, to that point again because I was used to functioning that way for so long. But even at that time, too, I have two protégés that I mentor in the burlesque world. I have to talk to them weekly, too. It's like, fuck, I have this at this time. Can we reschedule? Even with us, too, it's kind of finding the right time. But uh-huh. you're busy, too. That's a good thing. Yeah, I try to stay busy. Um that's a really great thing. Yeah. I love that. 
It's tough to do uh, Justin Amarillo, but you know. Um, it is. Especially post-COVID, or I guess during COVID. It's not post-COVID During COVID, yet. yeah. yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> but, but even post, it's post again, the, the build-up the, the build <laughs> of it, the build-up is good. It's, it's slow moving. Again, I... I and you know, I, I know I get a lot. Of, I get a lot of criticism because we're slow moving and how we're opening the bar. I'm like, eh. I just kind of follow where some of the like the larger places are going in that aspect. I'm like, well, the Las Vegas Strip isn't deemed really to be open and safe. I don't think I am. I, I look at stuff like that. Yeah. So that's I guess because they're they're losing billions and billions. Yeah, that's, I'm not losing billions. That's <laughs> so scary to think about. I don't think anybody's going to lose billions unless they have to. Is there? Uh, <laughs> Are there places in Vegas that are kind of just like shut down permanently? Is it? Yeah, has it in their local areas. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's bars and restaurants. A lot of local, just like anywhere. Yeah. You know, being involved in the local community as opposed to again, the strip though too. I didn't go on the strip this trip at all actually, but um, I know that there's no shows open on the strip right now. None. Wow. No, I'm lying. There's one theater mm-hmm. called the. It's not in any of the casinos though. It's called the Mosaic Theater. They have two shows going right now. They're open, but very limited capacity. No one's there. None of the big Cirque shows mm. are open right now. Um, the, their longest running was canceled. You know, the one, La Rev, which the longest running Cirque show there is highly, they, they're not bringing it back. Damn, it's, that's tough. Yeah, that, that one sucks. Those, those are people that have those jobs for many years, and that's not going to come back. And So you have this huge... 2,000 capacity theater with all this special shit unused. It's just sitting there. Are the uh, performers so. out there moving out to other places? Well, I mean, some yes, some no. I know some performers actually. I have some friends. Let's see. I had a friend that was in Blue Man Group, and his husband was awesome. in another show, Friends the Musical. So when they lost their jobs at this time, and they had just bought a house out there in Las Vegas. Man. And, um... One of them became a go-go boy at a bar and teaches yoga via Zoom. And the other one was doing, like, I don't know what he was doing, like clinical trials for, you know, for COVID and all that to make money, to make ends meet. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. Well, he's still alive, so that's good. (laughs) He's still alive, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, but it's just stuff like that. Again, I know a lot of... I know I have some actor friends and whatnot that were working consistently that are getting unemployment still, but it's mm-hmm. not the same. I mean, you know, everyone would rather be working. Yeah, definitely. When that, that's your only training or field of work, what you know, what's open to a lot of actors and performers besides you know waiting jobs and stuff like that, and a lot of those got taken, and that that industry went slow too because well, you can't really wait tables and no restaurants are open. I mean, and it's nothing. Yeah, a lot of performers and actors that really didn't have any other skills uh-huh. because that's what they've been working on their entire lives. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah. What do you do? It's definitely tough. I mean, I know I've yeah. seen like big productions will do like put people in like a bubble mm-hmm. where you, they can't leave for the whole filming of the right. movie and everything. But yeah, I mean, like, live performing. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's ever gonna be the same. You know, like if it's ever. I mean, hopefully. Are you hoping but, so? It's one yeah. of those things. I hope so. Yeah, the slow moving as I'm uh, going forward, I want to. I, I, I have to have that hope that it's going to be. I want to be able just to again. I have that hope. I hope. I mean, maybe not exactly, but as close as possible. Just that. Let's. Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we should, yeah, it just, I'm hoping. Hopefully there'll be some semblance of normalcy. It's going to be hard to reprogram my brain. Because I walk into rooms, I'm like, there's way too many people in here. Like, <laughs> I, don't uh, I, 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 oh, I understand <laughs> that. I'm, I've been, like I said, just traveling this last week, doing things for the first time, going to an airport. I was like, oh, fuck, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, okay, it's fine. And then when I was, I was, loca I was location scouting, anywhere location scouting in nightclubs. But I was, you know, when they weren't open, I was like, I, and then they were going to opening hours. I was like, okay, I can't stay here. It's time to go. <laughs> and I went to go see a burlesque show. And again, and um, I was in the Fremont downtown, and that got, I, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a little too people -y for me. So it's still, you, you feel that, that, ooh, it's taking some time to acclimate. Mm -hmm. But I am getting more comfortable as time goes by. If that makes sense, it does ease. I'm still, you know, it's that weird thing. Even normally, as a person in real life, I'm still like that, and I'm very standoffish naturally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, until I get to until I get to know somebody, mm -hmm. then when I get to know somebody, then you can't shut me the fuck up. But <laughs> but I'm very normally standoffish to begin with. And just mm -hmm. like my space, I like to watch people, and before I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes you sense. Know, that's just how I am. It's reasonable. So, so some of that aspect, I mean, for me, that's it, all this is still kind of natural anyway. Yeah. I'm not a huggy dude anyway. I've never been that way. I'm like, hey, cool. See ya. But I do feel for those that are that do need that constant human contact, too. Again, it's not saying my way is better. It just it works for me. Yeah, to yeah. each their own. I mean, and again, I hope there is some sense of normalcy. I know some people need that, and I know we. I want. We all need it. We all need yes. to just yeah. be able to do the shit we love to do and not have uh -huh. to worry. It'd yeah. be nice. Absolutely, and yeah, we've done uh, one comedy show at at the R, and that was great. And hey. I'm excited for more. It was, it was fun. And you have a. Uh, I'm ready. To, oh, sorry. What? I'm ready for the next ones. Yeah, absolutely, and you have a show. This month, right? Like next week, maybe? We, we have a burlesque show on the 20th, 20th. one month after the comedy show. Yeah, we do. Nice. Oh, yay. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited about it. You know, yeah. our girls will be masked, at least for these shows. That's mm -hmm. the difference. They, they will be, you know. Only because every burlesque show I see across the country is being done that way. So I'm like, mm -hmm. eh, we got to do it that way, too. I have to think of those kind of things, too, because I'm like, you know, you get, if you don't do things a certain way, you get it, the outrage it, ca it, it causes, if, if, especially mm -hmm. if you're known or you're in charge of shit. Yeah. So it's always trying to weigh that shit. I, I mean, you know, I'm sure you as a comedian, you know, talking about this stuff, it's like you know, the whole aspect of cancel culture, especially versus even censorship for comedians. You're like, mm -hmm. what the fuck can I say now? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel for that because it's just one of those, you know, with a lot of comedians, I'm like, they don't that comedy, I think, has been excessively attacked during this time. Yeah, but then guys like Dave Chappelle. Chappelle went up mm -hmm. and he said everything you weren't supposed to say and kind of <laughs> just said, we don't care, you know? And I think that kind of just set a point for comedy. Right. Like he kind of saved it <laughs> from going Good. too far well, into the Well, because it needed state. to be said. It's one of those things. It, it did. It, it did need to be said. It's like, again... I understand where people are coming from. I believe in so many of these causes. I'm like, but it's getting to that point too, where we're attacking things we shouldn't attack. I'm like, really? Again, you know, especially things like comedy. I mean, you know, yeah, comedy. 
you know. I mean, yeah, it's it, I, for me. It's hard to find that line. I'm like, when I, I, if I'm listening to somebody that's funny, something like you know, it, it, if I'm if I let's say I tell a gay joke and I have and I've been accused of being homophobic, which I've been accused of being too. I'm like, really? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like. I'm like because I told a gay joke and I'm a homophobe now. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I sure am. Those 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 gays they 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 scare me stiff. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Right? Or or they they just they just make it really hard on me sometimes. But okay, I'm kidding. But it's just shit like that. You're just like, and you can't even make a joke like that. I'm like anymore at all. It seems yeah. like and. Again, I get the final. I, I I get the causes. I get that. I just where do we stop? Where it's you know where it's not just constantly looking for bad shit. Yeah, and I, I so, think the, the issue is that people, I guess, who don't understand comedy or only like a certain type of comedy, will see guys like make off-color jokes, and they'll right. they'll think he's dead serious. But it's like, no, he's he's trying to make people laugh. Like it's. It's coming exactly. from a place of humor. Well, I, I see it in those same ways, and like I said, in films, I'm going to play a serial killer. Does that mean I condone serial killing? Or no, no it's, of course I'm, not. <laughs> I'm playing something. Mm-hmm. You know, comedians are playing a persona. It's yeah, they're supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I do see that. Yeah. That's that's part of uh, the movie industry as well, or film industry. Where right. it's like, uh, you know, should a straight man be playing a gay man, or should uh, right. a non-trans person right. be playing a trans person? Right, I totally get that. Again, I, I see both sides of the issue, and I do, but it doesn't take away from, let's say, Felicity Huffman won an, or was a cat nominated for an Academy Award for playing trans. She's not trans. So does that take away from her performance? No. No, it doesn't. That's again, it's you know, very often again, you, you do want to be you know inclusive i get that we, we try that here all the time being inclusive of our burlesque community my lex burlesque show i reached out to everybody do i have a single person of color besides myself that's in it no because they weren't available uh-huh. you know you, those are things that you might has nothing to do with but other people can misinterpret that they just weren't available during this show again but i'm also wanting to make sure that i'm hiring people that are good anyway you know they're there to do a show yeah absolutely i mean that's the talent is the bottom line, and then yes, <laughs> exactly. If you don't have that, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now I'm saying this stuff. People are gonna, you know, accuse me of like, am I, no, I'm quite inclusive. I don't even feel the need to have to say that, but it's just you feel like you have to be declarative these days, mm-hmm. and that's I'm like, why don't you just look up and how they've been or whatever, or just you know? Well, silence is violence. So. <laughs> yes, sometimes, sometimes now, again, or when people don't agree on something, you know, you can agree on 99% of everything, and then that 1% they don't agree, then they're, everyone's mortal enemies because they disagree. You can't even disagree anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Especially yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like disagreeing with people, and I get heated with people that I love and close I'm just that guy, <laughs> you know, but then when people, because they get heated, then they're mortal enemies, I'm like, no, you're... Being upset, that's an emotion too. That should be validated as well, you know. But as men, we can't get heated because we're toxic. Mm-hmm. We're ever again. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, again, I'm not from any aspect of I believe in every cause and 
thing. And yes, there is toxic masculinity, but I also don't want to be deballed either. Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to be told that it, because I'm male, that it, that all men that were just because my my gender that I'm a terrible person just because of it. Vaginas that, are toxic was, too. So isn't that doing the same thing that <laughs> people say that we we've done? And that's why don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't. I come from like in marginalized communities and whatnot, but I also want to teach them like if I expect tolerance for me, I have to tolerate things that I may not understand either. That's a great way and, to look at it. And agree to, agree to disagree and move on. Okay. Like, yeah, we can you know. Facebook should have a uh, a little message that pops up, like when you're in a heated argument. It's been like, hey, just so you know, nobody's going to win this fight. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you don't have to comment 75 times. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, so you win a Facebook argument. And what was... so? And so you want a Facebook argument. What did you get for it? You want a Facebook argument. Oh, nobody's mind was changed. What did you want to be the end result of winning that argument? Did you get that? Great. If you didn't, great. I don't know. Often it's, now it's trying to look at things going, if you can't shit about this, what is the end result you're trying to get from this? It, what is the goal of this? I mean, yes, there are things, yes, you should fight for and be about whatever you're about. But if you're going to cause a commotion, make sure that you have an end result in mind of what that's going to accomplish. Yeah, definitely. You know, have a have a goal set. Mm-hmm. Again, instead of I'm just making noise. Yeah, you know, I've been guilty. I've been guilty of that. I ain't gonna lie. Of course <laughs> I have. But now, again, I just want to enjoy the good things now, especially after this last year. This last year sucked. Yeah. So tough. now I'm in that point. I just want to enjoy. Getting to do cool stuff again. You know, every time I get a gig now, it's just, it feels good. Like I said, you just had your first gig. It felt good to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, it makes you want to do it more, and I just want to enjoy that now. I just, yeah, just, yeah. You know, I, I wish more people came from that perspective. But that, enjoy the stuff we're getting to do. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and spread that around. You know? Yeah, that's I don't like know. It. it could all go maybe, away. The maybe that's my. <laughs> Epiphany now. I'm just going to enjoy the stuff I get to do as it's coming back and be very happy about it because I don't want to be without it. I don't, I'm tired of being pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, not having anything to do was, was not a good time. Like, I didn't realize, you, you realize, like, how much you value, like, work or just, like, mm-hmm. things, having tasks is yeah. how important that is. Even when you're bitching about them and you're doing them, (laughs) I mean, you don't have them to do, you're like, fuck, fuck. (laughs) And then I just ate and and, and gained weight the entire time during that because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I gained 20 pounds. I lost it already this last month and a half. Oh, that's good. I gained 20 pounds this last year because of sitting doing nothing during COVID. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) I think a lot of us did. Did you do any uh, type of special diet to get down? Uh, I, 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 yeah, I tried keto. I just actually, what I just kind of did was I just lowered my carbs and, mm-hmm. and stayed in, in, within a certain amount of calories. I, I did about 50% of the carbs that I would normally ingest because nice. that's, I had to think of the things that I eat a lot of that, like, that's kind of, I'm like, you know, I like pasta and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> so there's where it all was going. <laughs> but I, I, it, it's kind of, I'm going to be one of those, I feel so, um, 
cliche because the whole rest of the world bought an air fryer and I did too. And if it weren't for that air fryer, I wouldn't have lost that weight. That that thing rocks. Air fryers are awesome. I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate for air fryers. It's like my favorite. Yeah. Uh, th- this makes me really sad. It's my favorite kitchen appliance because I have a favorite <laughs> kitchen appliance because I've had nothing else to do all year but be in the kitchen eating. <laughs> so that helped having that. Yeah, we have, yeah, the, again, we have an air fryer in here and it's it's a great time. Uh, yeah. Made some wings in there recently that were really good. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. And uh, I was going to ask you way back, but we kind of went another direction. Um, I drift. I apologize. Oh, no, you're, you're good. You're good. I, I, can, I can talk endlessly. I'm sorry. What uh, got you to Vegas? Were you Did you just uh, get a gig in Vegas and decide to like stay there? Oh, Vegas. I mean, when I started, I used to just go to Vegas, honestly. I was one of those people, me and my partner here, we would just go to Vegas you know, four or five times a year to go to Vegas and do the biggest things you do. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, drink, gamble, do all those things. But, you know, I, I love Vegas just for those aspects. But um, when I started, it was about it's, it's seven years ago, actually, it is, um, when I started getting and gigging in Vegas. Um, my dad died like seven years ago. So it was one of those things where I was opening that back room at the bar and we're going to do shows there. And it's just that kind of moment in time, one of those things that happens for your life, you know. Um, and I want to just do the things I used to do again. I'm like, you know, it's just that time. I wonder if I can and, and just made that decision. So that's when it kind of, you know, well, maybe I'll perform. And I went to audition for a show in Vegas because I was in Vegas and uh-huh. I got a call back. And, um, and I, I didn't get the role, but that's all right. That's awesome. It was that first show on the strip that was for um, Rock of Ages. And then, but within a year's time, within that time, I got the gig as the choreographer to re-choreograph the show Evil Dead, the musical, at Planet Hollywood. I knew the director and met with him and his wife at lunch one day, and we were just there. I was like, I watched the show. I'm like, I can re-choreograph that show. I'm like, because... Just to let you know, that choreography that's in it is stolen. It was stolen choreography. And I'm really? like, I've seen this choreography. Why is this in this show? And telling him, like, just so you know. But that show was a crazy show. It started off as a community theater show off the strip that made it to the strip. So they had never changed the choreography from when they had it as a, just a, as a non-professional show. So I remember telling him, I can re-choreograph. And they hired me that day. And I came back a month later, and I had three and a half weeks to redo the entire show, re-choreograph it, rehearse with the actors while it was still playing. So you could just change things during during its run. That's intense. Yeah, so. Dancing. Was there a, a dance with a chainsaw arm? Yep. There, there was an ash with a chainsaw arm. That's very exciting. You know, I want to yeah, watch that. People did the musical. Yeah, it's... It's campy. It's cheesy. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny as shit. It's vulgar. So, yeah. and then it was even more vulgar because we had stand-up comedians. That's where I met my <laughs> the stand-up comedians in the show. There was like these bits before. It was like and like and again the final scene they get to improvise whatever character they were in, but they could pick any other character. And some of the creations from our stand-up, we were getting, we were getting gosh because that show does allow for it does allow for those moments. It's mm-hmm. it's set up for that. To break the fourth wall and and you know yeah yeah, that's <laughs> yeah you have to see it again it's a stand-up comedian's dream because it <laughs> yeah it does allow for it and 
But um, so that's just started there, and and then um, 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 um I got that gig, and I, as a choreographer, and I was going back about once a month just to you know give mm-hmm. notes, blah blah. blah. And um, you know, just decided I'm like, well, I should spend more time out here. You know, if I'm going to do anything, I have to be here besides a few days every month. Mm-hmm. And then my audition for another show, you know, off the off the strip at the Onyx Theater, which doesn't exist anymore, and I got the lead. And then from there, I was doing my work at Evil Dead and did the show in the Onyx and just kind of mixing with their crowd. And um, when I was in that show, the first film I was in, my executive producer from Evil Dead was an executive. They needed somebody to read at their reading before they were going to film. And I filled in for somebody that was missing. And um, they put me in the film as a, as a minor character. And then I was Eric Roberts' body double. It was again. It was just by chance, and that's how I got involved in film. Just randomly by chance. Yeah, I'll read and sure, and um, yeah, it was never something I had planned on. And, he, awesome. and this, during that time too, was, came up with the Pistol Holiday persona and started getting booked out there. So it just kind of all slow built until about last year. Up, up to last year, I was spending about half the time there and half the time here. You know. Sporadically, never six months straight through. So it just worked out that way. And I, I still have an apartment out there right now. So. That's awesome. Um, so how long did you live in New York? And so you went from Amarillo to New York, and then I did. you moved back? I went Amarillo to New York City. Lived there for about three years. From New York, I went back to El Paso, mm-hmm. you know, and got my first job working in a bar. It's funny. <laughs> first time ever working in the bar then went back to New York about a year and it was gigging and working as a cocktailer in bars and learned how to bartend during that time went to San Francisco from there oh wow okay and I was only in San Francisco for a year went back to El Paso you know for about a few years a couple of years again that's going to take me until right before I turned 30 almost 30, 28, 29, and I um, came back and finished my degree and did all those things and danced more because during that time when I was back and forth at bars, I wasn't dancing as much anymore. Then came back to finish my degree and, yeah, just kind of slow built. Nice. And, yeah. what, what made you come back to Amarillo? Because it seems like you've lived in the training. a lot of great places. And you, I, the training. The, those were the people that I trained with. I knew it would get me back into the shape I wanted to be again. To, you know, I'm almost at that time. I'm like, oh, well, that's you know, you get those scared. What am I going to do with the rest of my lives? Type things, and you know, I didn't want to just do ballet companies anymore, but I did want to have that strict training. Mm-hmm. And and it, the training here was what brought me back here. And I knew I I knew I could get in. I knew I could do the show. And like I said, Texas was, again, one of those shows, too. You get in shape really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I knew I needed the discipline because I was, again, I was still in those very hellion modes. I couldn't keep a dime in my pocket to save my <laughs> life no matter where I was. I mean, you know, I was poor living. I guess I was performing and doing all the things, but it was in the aspect of I was very irresponsible, so <laughs> I had nothing to show for it <laughs> at that time. So it's just, again, nothing. I, I did all those things, but I mean, it just was living, you know. Yeah, but getting that discipline again, it's a little bit 
tip from you going to your third, into your 30s again you start you know more so in your 40s but yeah anyway, I was just done with my 20s and going I did everything I'm supposed to be doing and all the, I'm trying all the things I'm supposed to be trying because I mean I'm like Tried everything. I tried every drug. Tried everything. <laughs> I was that. I lived my twenties while I was doing all that. I'm lucky to be alive, <laughs> which is good. I mean, but you learn a lot during that time. So I, I did need to come back here for that because I, I would have been a mess. I would have gone back. It could have gone downhill really, really fast, and it, it was looking like it was going to. I was okay. the balance of I was still was getting to do those things, but it was less because I was partying and doing way too much yeah. too at that time. So this was uh, so I had to I had to slow myself down and coming here, even though it was still available here in yeah. those last days coming back to finish that degree. So even my last couple of years finishing my degree here, I mean, or a haze, <laughs> big old big old haze. I'm like ooh, so yeah, because it was readily available here too. So, oh yeah. Again, I always tell people I didn't quit doing drugs because I hated them. I quit them because I, mean, I liked them way too much, uh -huh. and that that was that was the problem. So <laughs> I just I just smoke pot now. <laughs> That's good. It becomes a problem fast. So yeah, and it's in every so again, just about every bar bathroom I've been in. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, Amarillo's. Uh, Amarillo likes cocaine. Is, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was my thing too. I'm like, gosh, I'm like, yeah. Being a bar owner, people think, don't think you know. I'm like, you, we all know what's going on. My thing is this. I'm like, I did all that shit. I'm like, just don't be sloppy. Don't. Everybody doesn't need to know what you're doing. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Like, you know, go to your car, go to this. Just you don't. Yeah. I'm like, you know, don't make it where we're there. Yeah. Don't make it hard on us running a business because like we're not naive. We're in the bar business. We know these things. Uh -huh. <laughs> And again, you know, I still get people, again, I, I'm always coming off as so stringent and so to everybody, everyone's like, you know, but then there's other people that automatically assume a camaraderie because of whatever. And like, I get that. It's funny in the film industry, because I'm a bar owner, they see all these random drunk cans and stuff I'll do from here back in the day. Mm. I think I'm this huge partier. And I mean, I, I've been offered lots of drugs on sets. I'm like, eh, I don't really do that. <laughs> I'm like, I, know, I know it may seem like I... And I'm like, no judgment, because, I mean, for me, there is no judgment, because, again, I've done a lot of them. I did, I did them all. But I'm like, hi, I'm like, and I think it's a mistile anyway, but, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's one thing, Amarillo, definitely, it, it's one of those, I mean, I guess I haven't done cocaine and Yikes! It's going to be seventeen, eighteen years. Oh, that's good. But I know, I know, I, know I could find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never not know. That's my thing. You always know. You're like, come on. <laughs> but again, to each their. I, you know, I think you know the penalties for drug use are are ridiculous anyway. So I, I do. I'm like, you know, I, I do. I believe in the decriminalization. And that for me, I come from a. My dad was among my family. Was law enforcement and a wonderful? Yeah, uh, that's. I heard that. That's that sucks, girl. I mean, my dad was DEA. My dad knew I was a stoner. Uh -huh. My dad was DEA. All my yeah, it's weird. All my family is law enforcement. What was his so uh, his, uh, his view on it? As far as as on, far as uh, recreational on, on, use of marijuana. I mean, <laughs> 
I don't know. I didn't get close to my dad probably until like the last two years he was alive because that we were very adversarial growing up. Me growing up was very, you know, he's a cop and he was a very, you know. Yeah. He was one of those really dictatorial cops and super cop type people because he was a, he was a, he was a delinquent, so he didn't trust anybody. My, my dad was a juvenile delinquent who became a cop, so he didn't trust anybody. So he, you know, I know what shit you're going to do. He was a hard ass. He was. You know, I... I Unfortunately, I think I inherited some of that. Yeah, you think you got but, some of the the positive discipline? I I I want to do better than he did. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I have that positive discipline because he was hard. He was. We got along later in my last couple. His last couple of years, he was alive, and even that that too. I mean, if I would talked about doing pot when I was young, oh, it would have been, yeah, it would have been, knocked down, drag out. But later on in life, I could, He came in here, I had surgery. And they, there's the people before they're putting you on a space. So was the last time you drank? Well, the last time you smoked pot yesterday. And my dad was in the room. And I just looked over at him. I still had that apprehension. Like, Shit, my dad's here. And I looked at him. And he just had this big old grin. And it's like, <laughs> I was like, so that, I, by that, I knew it was cool. <laughs> but it, it wasn't always that way. Again, it was not fun growing up with that. Because it was very strict. I can see so, that, man. But it, it worked out later, I guess, so. And um, so you went from El Paso to Amarillo for the for your first professional gig. Um, were there were there not a lot of gigs in El Paso at that time, or were you just trying to get away from home? I, I never wanted to live in El Paso in the first place. Like just one of those people, I knew I was not going to live there. So mm. except when I got that gig, I was auditioning for schools and college. I was gonna, I you know, I was gonna do those things. I'm going to college to get away. I, I really had some college already, but, and I had op- offers to go elsewhere, but again, my parents didn't want me to go and weren't going to pay for it or, you know, stuff like that. Again, uh-huh. I get it, but, um, so I was going to find my way on my out. So I was auditioning for universities and I auditioned for that show, Texas and San Antonio, but I also, when I was here and I did it, they also offered where you could stay here and go to school. So, I mean, again, at that time, I was still, I was thinking, you go to school and you get a degree mm-hmm. and do those things, and I never thought I was going to be a professional performer until I came here. Did your uh, like family support it as far as uh, performing? I mean, it's not their thing. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really their thing. They didn't not support it, but not not really. Again, I don't honestly. I haven't had a family member, you know, or parents. I was one of those kids. I mean, I don't want to sound story. None of my parents saw me have seen me perform since you know my dad can't now his dad. Uh-huh. My mother. This is nineteen ninety two. Oh wow, it's been a long before time. Before I left, she came to see Texas uh-huh. that one summer. That was it. Did she like it? Yeah, it's fine. She liked it. It's uh, just not their thing. Again, not their thing, most yeah. all my professional career, no, they never saw any me perform live or anything like that. I mean, it is what it is. I think when you're younger, you get like you want that, but like. But I think as through time, I mean, you just kind of, I do this because that's what I want to do. Yeah, for I mean, sure, I, for sure. Yeah, you just, I think as you get older, you don't need that. My, my family approval, my family didn't love me. No, I'm like, if, that's, if I use that to hold my shit back, no, hell no. <laughs> it gave me more incentive. Again, I got, I came here to get away, got my own, got my degree, paid for it, or got it paid for myself through programs and all that and that was the thing too came back because I knew I'd get on scholarship dancing so I could finish my degree too so that's another reason I came back here too because I knew I could get that done that's awesome but um 
Yeah. No, let me. So, I mean, I'm not painting them out. This just wasn't their thing. It's just a whole. Yeah. Because like my family, my parents grew up in El Paso, stayed there. My brother stayed there. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I was never going to stay there. I never thought I was going to live in Amarillo, Texas, though, either. It's the smallest <laughs> place I've ever lived. But the, I do like living in Amarillo. I like being able to come home. and But I also like that I can get away whenever I want to as well. Yeah, that's awesome. See, I like living in a very conservative part of the world that there are 99, I mean, the majority, I want to even say 90, have very completely different belief systems than I do that many policies that I completely agree with. To prosper and still be myself, to me, I think is important because I think there's people all, everywhere that are in places where there's not a lot of people like them. Yeah. And again, here is one of those places. And if you can do well here with those that kind of adversity or things that are just things you know that complexity of being so different then mm -hmm. it can be done again it yeah i mean it, it's emerald is tough in those aspects i get how people that are born and raised here that want to get away because it's there's things i like about it but probably because i wasn't born and raised here there's things mm -hmm. i like about it i would live here before i live in el paso that's it's weird i wouldn't yeah because my family's not there here, not here either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I was going to say, when you first came here, was it was it hard to just kind of be, like, open or different in Emerald? Yes, it was. I, I feel like it's it probably in, changed in quite a bit. Um, since, yeah, since it's changed then. some. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it, 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 I could say it was... Again, it's a different time. So look back then in '92. Um, I had I've I've never had any issues just being myself. Anyways, because I was never bullied or anything. I wasn't. Um, I've, and I've always been very headstrong about who I am and whatnot. Even then, coming to Emerald, Texas, yes, sometimes I didn't have a lot of friends because of it. But I mean, and but I I did. I still did. Again, it's I've been I've always been, you know. Yeah, but I mean, it was not, you know, again, it's just challenging, yeah. I mean, just like anything as hard as challenging. I mean, you know, what do you do when, when you're dealt that? You make the best of it that you can without feeling like you're compromising who you are. Yeah. Do you find a way? Absolutely. Because that's um, hard here. Definitely. What made you uh, decide to open the bar? I've worked in bars forever, so, <laughs> I mean, this is one of those things I knew we could do, you know, Kirby, my partner, used to own Rumors way back in the day, and even getting in with this bar and whatnot, you know, having my own say-so and input and opening R&R &R was, um, yeah, it's just going to have a crapshoot going from our old Rumors crowd and just wanting something new and got it because you could we could buy the building and... Yeah, I mean, it, that's awesome. I've always worked in the bar business, so I know the bar business. You know, I consider myself, as I tell a lot of friends, you know, I'm not old bar trash, and I wear that moniker proudly. I'll always <laughs> go to bars and whatnot. I, I like bars. Mm -hmm. I used to go to bars when I lived in big cities because I was there by myself without family, 
Christmas Eve in bars. That's why we're always open Christmas Eve. Because I remember being that person. Sometimes that's the only place that some people have to go. Mm-hmm. You know, to find, again, if they get such a bad rap or whatever. Some of my best times have been in bars. You know, yeah. you know so they have been. And yeah, I'm that old school bar trash. I am. I've seen <laughs> a lot. seen it all. And I, I still love them. I'm like, you know, and I, again, I'm not even a huge drinker. I'm, I've never been a huge drinker. I drink. But... Yeah, it's just just getting into it. How I've always been asked advice on what would I suggest to somebody that's opening a bar, you know, to succeed. I'm like, well, open somewhere that you would want to go to, even if it wasn't yours. Like, that's all it is for me. That's how we did it. There, like, I would want to go to R and R if I didn't own R and R. That's a bad sign if you don't like your own shit, you know? (laughs) Right. Or if you're having to cater to whatever is around. I can see that just because, well, this will sell well, this will do well. I get that. I just, I I like bars, so I'm going to go to a bar I like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's really all it is. I just want to go to a bar where I like, and I'm going to like the people, you know, for the most part. Mm -hmm. You're never going to like everybody. (laughs) That's true. You're never (laughs) going to, unfortunately. But... You at least want to go somewhere where you at least like, you know, some of the people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I see like a majority <laughs> of the of the dive bars in Amarillo are uh, mostly like country, uh, cowboy western themed. And so, right. Yeah, R and R. It's kind of like a unique little spot. That and Leftwoods. Um, yeah, Leftwoods too. Kind of mm-hmm. have your own your own vibe separate from what the majority would be or would want. And it, and it nice. works great, you know. It's got it's it's really unique, and I really like the layout of the building. Um, <laughs> the first the first time we did a show there, this like random guy walked up to me and he's like, "You know, this used to be a Pizza Hut, right?" And I was like, "No, I had no idea." He's <laughs> like, yeah, a girl got murdered here, right here, uh-huh. and he was like, "Right at the spot I'm standing." And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I had no idea. Yes, we, <laughs> we, you know, again, I'm like, oh, I, I'll say this on the air. We actually used to have a night that we would do. We, we know the date, kind of commemorating it. And, and I always said, if, like I said, if it, we ever did that, it was ever offensive to any family member who ever got anything that we would cancel doing it. And we, we finally did because I was like, we used to have this big old party. It was like, and, you know, I could see where some would think that's disrespectful. I, I I saw it from that aspect of, you know, you go to different cities and they have ghost tours and whatnot with uh-huh. real events. So, uh, you know, approaching, we used to have, we'd serve pizza on that night and kind of do a little toast to the people that died. But, um, so, so, yeah. so I'm going to view that in bad taste. I've gotten both sides of that. I, just wanted to, I never meant it to be disrespectful ever. And I always... You know, I see I'm putting my own shit out there, but it's out there. But um, until I heard from a national family member and it, it, it bothered them, we did stop doing it. I, you know, completely sympathize. I would never want to make somebody, you know, go through the death of a family member again. And we weren't mm-hmm. celebrating her death. It was never our intention. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yes, it was an actual murder site. That's crazy. Um, was it a, was it a Pizza Hut like before you purchased it? Was it just going it, out I mean, it was a Pizza Hut in the 70s. Oh, okay. um, and you can tell by, if you look at the building and the shape, of those old 70s Pizza Hut buildings, yeah, yeah. we actually have articles from the, when that happened. We actually do have those articles, newspaper articles of, of that event in, in the bar when it happened. Um, and then it was, other times it was the Bridge Club. It was a lesbian bar. Mm. And then the its last incarnation before R&R was, it was a biker bar called Grizzly. 
which I used to go to in my last few years in college because I would go and get my drawings there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that at the Grizzly Bar. And in Leftwood used to be a karaoke bar called um, Shots. I, used really? to, wow. I had roommates in college that were door people at Shots and the karaoke DJ at Shots. So Leftwood used to be Shots Bar back in the day. Nice. During that time when Grizzly and Shots were in the neighborhood together. So R&R was a Grizzly Bar, Biker Bar. Dingy, right? Biker Bar. That's interesting. Man, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't. I thought that guy was messing with me when he <laughs> when I first heard yeah. that. It is. It is an actual. What was the uh, What was the name of the pizza night? Did it have like a fun, like Murder Wednesdays or something? Oh, we used to call it Pizza and Murder and Mayhem. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. That's yeah, catchy. Pizza Murder Mayhem. Yeah, just again, we did it for years, and yeah. you know, maybe it was it was never come a place to be disrespectful. But I think you know. I guess I had to put myself in the position of a family member that, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we don't think of those things, I guess. Again, I was coming at it from that aspect of, ooh, this has happened here. It's like, like, you know, like ghost hunters and stuff like yeah. that. You go to macabre science and it's got some you know, historical importance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not, so we're not going to ignore the history of it. We're just not going to have a party on that mm-hmm. night. I, I get it. That's fine. I can, I can sympathize with that. I, I can get it. I can say, I was wrong to do a party. I can say that, you know. I know we have to be, everyone out there, we have to be accountable for the things we've done. I had a party. And that's what it was. We don't do it anymore. Yeah, gotcha. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they recently dropped the mask mandate in Texas. I know, right. uh, I'm assuming, you know, you, 806, Jason over there, are going right. to keep the mask mandate in force. Um, we are. Do you foresee a period where you stop, or are you just waiting to see like, yes. kind of how the whole country reacts? Well, I'm kind of going, like I said, you know, and it's hard to follow. Some of the whole country, yes, I do see a time where masks won't be necessary, even for the, like, for the customers. I think our staff will be the last ones to take them off. Mm-hmm. Just kind of following the you know, CDC, more people getting to a point where it's not spreading around as much. Like, again, we are keeping them. I guess just again, do we do we like to wear them? No, the fuck likes to wear these masks. I don't <laughs> to wear, right? But I mean, but just out of caution, just again, I I, I have the vaccine and I'm mm-hmm. still being cautious around other people. Just I see it again. I, I wish they would do it in a way that we give like goal points. If, if we reach this, like yeah, 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 consistently with this many deaths or whatever, then they could be pulled back, and that's. I just wish there was some more uniformity of that that would make sense, where they're like, okay, we're at this point, we're going in the right direction, and that's it. And I mean, yeah. And, you know, I, it's, as a business owner, you get in those weird positions because I've been so strong with masking and, and following the guidelines, even, you know, just to even be able to get to be open with another business has got to be open, and I did it. I was like, you know, I follow that shit, and, I have, and I'm closed down, it sucked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that sucks going, you know, I thought bars, it was very unfair to bars as opposed to restaurants. I'm like, it's that we have to put in an air fryer and a microwave oven to serve food so we could be open. I, yeah, I'm yeah, stupid yeah. With that. That's the but thing. I mean, like, but <laughs> right, stuff like that. And um, so I get that aspect of it. But yeah, I mean, you've been just, yeah, I just wish there was more, you know, things in sight yeah. when we can change stuff. We're going to keep it. I guess for now we are. 
out of safety and, you know, until there's less of the spread. Seems like we're going in the right direction. I hope it stays that way. Again, yeah. I do see a lot of places, even out in a bower, there's a lot more people without them, but there's still a lot of people that are still wearing them. It's kind of, I mean, not that much different than it's been in the past. I've seen some of your posts that most of Amarillo, it's not going to make much of a difference with the map, but most, a lot of people were following it. Yeah, I mean, there's like that cult-like mentality of like, this mask is right. going to kill me if I wear it for more than two minutes. I'm going to suffocate. Right, <laughs> right. And, and, and we're keeping it. It's that choice of places, you know. We we do people that do come to the bar because we do it too mm-hmm. now. That a lot of people that from way back in the day that haven't been out that you know are back out because we do do it. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to keep doing it forever. I don't want to serve food forever either. I'm like we're a bar. Yeah. I want to be that five bar going. Yeah, but for now, yes, we're going to do it. Yeah, I'm gonna been... follow other bigger cities and guidelines and. Just watch where it's at here. And, yeah. Have you seen the, uh, I forgot his name, the burrito guy? Yeah. Is he, yeah. Is he still going around? No, I wonder, I don't think, can he now? Because I don't the know. Bars serve food? <laughs> That's what I've been wondering. I, Jeff, the burrito guy. Yeah. yeah. We, well, we don't see him at all. I mean, I don't I'm, know. Can, can he now? That, again... See? All that killed the burrito guy's business yeah. because that's where he was making his money. I miss seeing that, dude. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't seen him since... Nah, we don't see him. He doesn't go to... Again, bars were closed, and then yeah. the bars got to open early because they were serving food. I mean, maybe he should have sold the burritos to some of the bars and, you know, whatever. And that then they sell it out the yeah. profit. Again, you know, it's prepared, it's prepared and I don't know. Who knows? But, um, no, I have not seen the burrito guy. I wonder. <laughs> COVID changed. See, COVID unemployed the burrito guy. I know. I hope, I hope he comes back. He's such a nice guy. He was. I liked him. Yeah, a lot of fun. We'd go to, right. like, I mean, three bars in one night and see him at all three bars. <laughs> I mean, and they're, whatever they, whatever, two for five dollars is what it was, or three for five? Yeah, we'd have tamales, too, sometimes. Yeah, tamales, too. Yeah. Shout out, Jeff. No, I don't know. I have no idea. No. Yeah. So, um, so you're already uh, booking events. You're going to keep the masks mm-hmm. on. Um, yeah. Is, is that difficult when it comes to burlesque for the social distancing aspect of it? Because I do see like a lot of performers like to go into the crowd. They like to get involved and get the reactions. Well, and- I, I get the audience with the, with, the, with the girls already asking me about the shows. Like, can we come to the audience? Can we do things? So I'm just kind of basing it where I've seen it everywhere else. Again, mm-hmm. we're like, you know, it's some places in Colorado Springs, we do put on a stage there. We're not allowed to get off the stage and interact with the audience. I mean, they can come up and put their tips in a jar that's up there. But so right now I'm not letting the girls do that yet. Again, they have to enter or off stage, like nothing, no audience touching kind of situation gotcha. just for now, just because that's how I've seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just for now, again, unless it's their significant other or somebody that's their bubble, I mean, I can ask them that, but we're not doing any entry from the audience. That's fair. Right now. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that worked with burlesque because it, it seems right. like it's a big kind of. Uh, right. And they're it. and they're and they're performing masks too because everywhere else is performing masks right now too. So that's fun. 
Yeah, hopefully, again, that's one of those things I hope that goes away, too. Again, it's not, you know, yeah, you're missing sure. one of your biggest tools, your face, to perform. Oh, something I forgot to talk about earlier. Um, you are an actor and a director, so... Um, uh-huh. I watched your two interviews, or you did three interviews with uh, Nanon? Nanon? Yeah, with Ninon. Yeah. Ninon. Okay. I'm actually about to do it with her in a, in a week. Nice. So, um, what were the, there was a movie you did, uh, sorry, I gotta go back and look. That's all right. <laughs> so, what movies um, did you direct? What were the titles? Well, like I said, right now, the very first film I was the director in is the one that's going to be premiered next month in Las Vegas. It's called Ring of Desire. Um, Desire. So that's the first film I directed. I directed it last year in February before the world went to hell, <laughs> before COVID, right before we filmed and finished all principal photography. Perfect timing. And we did a lot. <laughs> so that actually, you're getting a scoop because I can, I, I've been given permission. I can do these and interview that. Ring of Desire is going to have its Las Vegas screening of premiere in a month, where we're going to announce that we were picked up for distribution. Awesome. So Ring of Desire did get picked up for distribution, and will be released late August in, in um, possibly limited theaters and on streaming platforms, for sure. So That's cool. We did get, we did get picked up. And um, you've acted in several films. Are, like, how mm-hmm. many uh, films have you done? Is it like just a ton? Too many to name? No, no, okay. no, no. Again, I, I, I have friends that are in a whole bunch. I, I just started just a few years ago, and we go like, I go to my IMDb. I, that's I'm like, you know, sometimes you're in a film, and you know, there's one film that I'm in it, and I'm listed as a character, and I'm in it. I have one line in the whole film, and I die in the first 15 minutes. You do a lot of that <laughs> when you're first getting going in. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do a lot of really terrible ones. <laughs> I mean, not, they're not terrible. They're independent. They all have validity. But you're watching it. Oh my gosh! But um, like, there's one I did, "Bus Party to Hell," <laughs> and that one is um, I, that's the one I'm like I have one line in the entire film. You don't even get to see me say it. You hear it. I'm like, that's my line. I didn't even get the footage of me saying uh-huh. it. And I die, and I die in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> you just and, hear it off in it, the distance. <laughs> you hear it in the distance. It's in a bus of people partying. And I'm one of the partiers in the bus, and there's this couple that's doing it in the bus bathroom, and we're all egging them on in there. And my one line in Bus Party to Hell is, pop that pussy. Hey! That's a good phrase. I like that. <laughs> and, um, and you hear it, but you don't get to see me say my, my one line in this entire pussy. film, pop that pussy, and I didn't really see me saying it. It's one of my and favorite And a lot phrases. of people got really cool deaths. I just get tackled and bludgeoned on the ground. I'm like, that's it. That's my death. Because oh. there are, uh, are you, are these films, can, it, can you find any of these on like Amazon or anything like that? Amazon, yes. Amazon, you can find Bus Party to Hell. You yeah. can find it. You can also find... It. Yeah, the Immortal Wars one and two are on are on Amazon as well. There's a few of them that are on release right now. Um, cool. Oh, Attack of the Unknown! I just did a couple of years ago in LA with Robert Lasardo and Richard Grieco. Yeah, I'm a prison. I have I have lines with Robert Lasardo. I like six lines in that film, that's <laughs> and that's awesome. on Amazon too. Again, you do a lot of small parts and stuff first, you know. So and and in random films like. 
another one coming out next year. I'm, I'm just a zombie, but I have a really cool zombie death in Bridge of the Doomed. Nice. <laughs> I die on top of an SUV, get my head splattered, blown off. Uh, it's cool. What's been your so, uh, favorite role to do? In film? In film right now, there's another one, and this film's not out yet for streaming. It should be this year, called Space Captain and Callista. I play a dude with on the on the um, the, on the spectrum. Yeah, and, okay. And I'm, I'm just a supporting character. The main characters, you know, I don't think I've had my best role yet. I think I'm looking forward to the next one where I'm that serial killer. But again, I think That's awesome. favorite right now, yeah, it's probably that one on Space Captain and Callista. We had a um, Gil Gerard, Buck Rogers was in that movie with us. Nice, and that one hasn't been released yet. Not yet. Okay. No, that should be released this fall. Awesome. Yeah. So how do you uh, balance, you know, everything from, uh, you know, running a bar, um, auditioning, mm-hmm. acting, directing, dancing? You get as much sleep as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's, again, it's, it's free. Oh, I got another message. I apologize. Oh, you're good. <laughs> But, um, you just, again, try to get as sleep in you can, you know. Yeah, that's it, sleep, sleep, sleep. You know, I'm going to, I go and when I, when I gig, I gig and I don't stay out late. I stay out late and drink more when I'm working here. Mm-hmm. That's probably you know, a good when thing. I'm out, when I'm elsewhere, <laughs> when I'm working and doing gigs and bars, I usually done after my performance, you know, because, yeah, yeah, I just get sleep. That's my best advice to people. Sleep. Take naps when you can. I take a nap. I think I'd be sleeping all the time. And I forgot the the title of the movie you said direct, you directed. That one's out as well. Or is Which that... Um, the, the type of movies? No, the movie... You said you directed one movie, right? Yes, I've, direct, I've directed one, and I've already been given my second one to direct this okay. fall. And that one is premiering next month? Next month. In okay. Las Vegas, Ring of Desire. It's a Desire. romantic thriller. That's exciting. So what? how was the transition from acting to directing? I'd rather direct anyway. I'm, I, I, it was natural. Again, I didn't think I'd direct film this quickly, but I mean, I've been directing, you know, theater and lots of stuff for many years. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of work in film. You have all the other things too, and putting together your teams and everything. But yeah, I just... I, I like the transition. To, I, I, again, I, I feel better on the other side of the camera as opposed to in front of it mm-hmm. anytime. I, I, that's just even as a producer in burlesque, I'd rather produce the shows. I don't perform even here at home that much either. Mm-hmm. Just when I, you know, when I do, it's like, okay, just again, I, I, I've done my, you know, you're performing, performing all the time, and, and, and it was great, but I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, it, Half of it, too, is focusing on your task at hand going and pre-planning. Again, I try to pre-plan at least two to three months ahead of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Again, even when I'm booking gigs and our events that we're bringing in, yeah, I always get with you guys. I'm like, okay, let's do this one. Let's go a couple months in. Doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Getting things set so it's something you don't have to worry about, you know, week by week or something like that. You just get it. A lot of pre-planning. Awesome. And also how long? Sleep and pre-planning. <laughs> how long does it take during the whole process of directing the film from beginning to end is that like over a year 
six months. Rick, like what, what goes Rick into that? Rick Desire. Let's see, a nine-day shoot, which is fast for a shoot. I, I'm, I am fast when shooting, but um, we finished the complete last version was done in October. So February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, eight months it, it took us to finish Ring of Desire. Nice. Which is fast. Fast. So usually they're about a year to a year and a half for a film. We, we did it in eight. We were looking at that time to premiere it in December of 2020, but... Mm-hmm. That didn't happen, obviously, So because of that. We were trying to, you know, I was given deadlines by producers and people that I make sure I meet. That's my thing is, I think I'm hired because I do meet the deadlines. If I'm told what I need to get done, I, I, and that's always my thing. Tell me when, what do, we, what do we need? Let's get it done. So that's, if anything, good about time, getting things done as I'm asked to do them. That's awesome, and so now you. That could want be the to... reason they like me. <laughs> they, may, they may not even think I'm good. They may think I suck. There's like, but he get the shit done on time. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's. A, I that's hope they think I'm aspect. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this first one, it, it's the test. It's the final test. You know, this the first one comes out in months, so it's a little nerve wracking because then going into distribution is like it's the test. Is will this money, this film, make its money back? What yeah. it costs. So, that's it. Yeah, and, and now people get to make judgment on what I made, and and some people will hate it or li- I don't know. You yeah, know it's, it's that it's about to be out there. I can't change anything about it, so uh-huh. I am prepared to take any questions about it when it comes out. If, they, if even if people hate it, I'll take the questions. I hope they don't hate it, but yeah, man. you never know. <laughs> there's too many. There's too many opinions. So yeah, and everyone's <laughs> entitled to them. I'm like, okay, I mean. You know, I'm sure if there's something in it I've done wrong in somebody's eyes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a film. Yeah, that's cool. And you want to keep directing going forward, correct? Yeah, I do. I got my next film ready that I'm directing. That's why I was in Vegas this last week. I was location scouting for my next film. And the next one is a horror film. So I've never done directed a horror. So That's awesome. I'm hoping after this one I get to pick a script. That would be nice. I'm, I'm, I hope I prove myself enough that this it's the same producer where we renegotiate. Can I pick a script that I would like to do? Because <laughs> I haven't gotten to do that yet. I'm given a script and then I work with the writers to, as a director to make it fit what I would like to do with it. But oh, I, I would see. like to find okay. a script. A script. So, yeah, I, they they send them in. We don't. And we just things like ah, that doesn't make sense. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I do at least go through the script to. I have to believe in it to make sure it's, you know, directable for me or else I don't think I'd be a good director. I don't think, I can't, you know, fake it. It has to, there has to be a story. It has to, it has to be good storytelling. There has to be a beginning and middle. There has to be a reason for those characters to be there. Yeah, so for sure. often that's, because you, you see a lot of films, you're like, why the fuck are these people there? Why are <laughs> people that, yeah, you're like, they're supposed to be five friends. You don't believe they're friends in real life because you can tell on screen. You're like, this this is fucking five random people. They like her because she has big tits and we get to see her tits. Cool. cool. That's fine too. That's the film they're directing. And again, it's, you know, but... Yeah. Is it it hard to to not be uh, overly critical since you are uh, in that world? Yes. It's good though. I I like being critical. Again, Again, you, there are, it's also a very fragile world, you know. And that's why, again, doing and having mine out next month, I'm like, hey, I'm out for any critiques and I will answer any questions because, you know, I know some that don't. Some, you can't, 
Yeah, some that can't take it at all, and that's sad. Yeah. You know, I want to get better. I like again, I, even when I've been an actor, I'm like, I like notes from the director. I like people to tell me what I'm not doing right or what could be better. Yeah, so I go to class. I like. I don't. I don't want to suck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, I don't dish out what I don't, what I can't take is what it is. I heard, I'm critical, uh, but I can take the critical too. I, I want people to be critical of my work. I want to be better at it every time. I forgot whose quote it was, um, but it's like an old quote, and it said it was like the first draft is always shit. And I was like, oh, that's. That's cool. So, like, you know, it always gets better after the first mm-hmm. one, you know? So, um, that's exciting. Do you have a specific genre you want to stick to as far as directing? Are you just kind of open to... I'm open to anything. I would like sci-fi, but I would like a drama. I would like a really good drama. I don't know about what, but I would like a good, strong drama. Just so I think I could do it. And, and do it artistically and cool. That's I don't know. Awesome. Just giving some... The, Painting my own brush strokes on something, just stylistically. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just want to be able to have that mark where, hey, he could, this guy could do this and have a variety. Not pigeonhole into one thing, but I'm hoping, again, the HDM curve that I'm given that I do well, I'm hoping. Or, yeah, that's, sure. the, that's the job, that's the ambition is to, that's the intention. I want to do good and better work each Time. Definitely. That's awesome. Um, and if you are, you know, ever needing like a role of like a tall biracial male, um, All right. I'll send you headshots. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll practice in the mirror. Next Zoom for, for, for Death Club. So again, we, we do take video submissions for that one as well. For Death Club. So you never know. That, that's going to happen in June. There's a role you'd fit. Awesome. I know there is. Cool. So, I've never practiced, audition. but... It sounds like yeah. fun. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. We do, we're going to do another Zoom soon with hand-picked people to, yeah, I'll invite you to that one. Cool. I'm in. Just, All so right. you can, just so you can read and get familiar, because through those Zooms, we, I, that's where I do my script notes and corrections for, you know, where it's at. So it's never the final version of it until we send it out to the hired actors. That's awesome. Um, I think I got every, all the information I wanted awesome. to. Um, I do. Have I could talk a lot. I apologize, <laughs> and I and I and I go everywhere. You're like, what the fuck are we trying to say? I apologize for that. Oh no, that's like, that happens. See, see what happens when you get me talking. I don't talk a lot in public, but when you get me on here, <laughs> I've done a lot of uh, episodes, and it usually goes off the rails. So. Oh good. Yeah, this is normal. Most, normal. For most me. podcasts do. That's why I kind of like them. Yeah, they're fun. They're a lot of. They're a good. They time. are fun. I like. I like that. There's. Lots of podcasts now. I do. They're fun. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, I am going to ask thanks for a couple random ask. questions. Okay. That I like Let's to ask. see what I have. All right. Um, if you can make everyone in the world do something for 30 days, everyone in the world has to do it, no matter what it is, uh, what would it be? Oh, God. Something that everyone in the world had to do for 30 days. Yes. Be kind to each other for 30 days. Be kind. I, I, I can take that same advice, too. So be kind for 30 days. Yeah, you'd, you'd think nice. that would be easy. <laughs> well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. We, you know, I, I'm guilty of that, too. So A lot. So Be kind for 30 days. I, I could take that advice as well. 
All right. Uh, if you could take a time machine to any point in your life and give yourself advice, what would you tell yourself? And what age would you go to? Oh, crap. Yikes. 21. 21, good. You know, it's going to get better. <laughs> it's going to get better than this. And this is, this is yeah, it's going to get better. And this is a good start. And just, you know, enjoy it. Don't take it so seriously. But Because I'll be like, I mean, I got serious later in life, but. In your twenties, you take things a lot, things other things really seriously that aren't, and you're like, and that's why they're so. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah, that would be that's it. I mean, I know that's not real groundbreaking. No, I no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I know it's like very cliche. <laughs> oh, and I want world, uh, world peace and everyone to wear squitters and stuff like that. <laughs> I know none of this is groundbreaking, and oh, I have, yeah, that just would. <laughs> okay. I haven't I haven't broken any grounds yet, so so yeah. I mean, I know it's so simple and basic. It just yeah, just yeah, it, it gets better again. I can honestly say that I I had a blast in my twenties, a great time. And each decade, though, I, I've enjoyed more than the last. My forties, I've enjoyed more than my thirties and thirties and my twenties. So nice. again, I'll be fifty in a couple of years, a year and a half. Very exciting. I'm 50s are even more exciting, so. Yeah, so you're 40, uh, 49? I'm 40. I'll be 49 in a few months. Hey, you look great for 49. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were like maybe 40, 41 around there. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks. Doing well. well. Keep exfoliating, well. as they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just get like regular butter. and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm sorry if there wasn't more exciting about <laughs> those, oh, no, the random questions. I'm like, come on! Oh, I got, uh, I got two more. Um, okay. Can you remember a time in your life that you laughed the hardest? Like just one moment Ooh. where you laughed uncontrollably, fell on the ground. Yeah, I that I just laughed uncontrollably. I mean, I mean, there's several in my life. Again, but yeah, I can remember it. I don't think I'm gonna share it, but I can remember a really good one. <laughs> it's very personal, but it was yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, no, I'm not gonna share that one, but yeah, I, I definitely can remember <laughs> that. That nice. just came in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if it made you laugh out loud, so it must have been. It must have been yeah. A good one. <laughs> Time, circumstances. Yeah, it was a great laugh. It was great. It still is. All right. It's one of those two you would always gonna bring up with that person, but where <laughs> you both know, yeah, totally. Too, too good to share. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Two more questions. Uh, what do you think happens when you die? Oh, nice. I don't know. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I, I I can just I really don't know what happens when we die. I mean, I'm not religious. I don't. That's not my path. I don't know. I, we, maybe our stream of conscious does something. I don't know. I don't, is it just last out? I don't have the answer to that. Again, no. as I, if that makes me that very classic atheist, the lack of belief in deity or any thought, I don't know. And that's why I, I go to school. I don't know the answers to that. I believe that's agnostic. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Not, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> right. I just, I have no idea. I'm like, sure, but I have no idea what, what, what happens to us. I don't. 
All right, fine. I know, I know it sucks for the living when somebody dies. That's true. It sucks. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. So maybe I don't think about it because I just, yeah, I don't know what happens to us. Yeah. Honest. I mean, that's, that's really the only answer to that question. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you think we're, we're, we're at least a memory. Yeah. We're a good memory to some. So. That's and it. I don't know. All right. Final question. Um, what is, this is a weird question that I kind of thought of uh, randomly. What is a good sound effect for how your life is going? You could just make one <laughs> one sound effect for how, how life is. I'm just going to make, you know what I'm going to say is a good sound effect? <laughs> fart noises, because fart noises are funny anyway, and they're surprising. And they can be great, or they can be horrible. I mean, you know, yeah. they can be a sense of relief, but they can be like, oh, shit, what the fuck's going to happen? You know? No. Fart noises. <laughs> Absolutely. Farts, farts are funny. They're universally. Farts are funny. Farts and people falling are funny uh -huh. across every culture, every age. Everything. Just That's right. Down, fart noises. <laughs> I have friends that we used to get in some of my closest friends that I'm having a party where you have like, you know, farting content. I've been, I've had stage games where I've been on stage where people were off stage when we, you know, we crop dust each other on stage. I mean, farts are funny. Oh, yeah. so, fart noises. Farts went, are, farts are all, farts are always appropriate, even when they are inappropriate. I went to <laughs> high school with a guy who would try to fart the alphabet. And uh, that was pretty, we'd be in like the football locker room and, for whatever uh -huh. reason, the toilets are just next to the lockers, <laughs> and he would just try to fart twenty six times, and he usually did. It was crazy. That's hilarious. I can burp on cue. I can't fart on cue. Damn it. Yeah, it's a real skill. All right. Yeah. Well, that's all I have. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Look up uh, Ronnie Lloyd Nanos. Yeah, Nanos works. That's right. Hey. Okay. Look him up on Facebook. Um, do you have an Instagram? I don't know. I do. It's the same name nice. <laughs> on Instagram. I'll have to follow you if I'm not already following you. It's the same on my Insta. Yep. Check them out on IMDb. Okay. Um, same name. <laughs> find out the movies we discussed. They're all, uh, They're all streaming somewhere, right? Right. And, and uh, if you go on IMDb, it gives you the connects and links on which ones are streaming and available to see. It does nice. have that on IMDb. And go yeah, to RR and bring a mask. Yep, and and drink a lot. And drink a lot, yes. Order some chicharrones, you know. Yeah, right. I don't know what else y'all got, right. but chips. <laughs> chips, tacos, sure. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Well, All right. Good to see you, man. Have a good All night. Right. You too. See All you right. soon.